going? Welcome back to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Randy, Big R Hire. I'm coming to you, of course, from Oklahoma, deep in the heart of Oklahoma City. I am mere kilometers from the Capitol building as I speak. <laughs> and join with me always, Will, Big Willie style, Scoville. Coming to me live via satellite from Berkeley, California. Will, how's it going? Uh, it's all right, Randy. How have you been? I'm doing well. I'm in peak form today. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there, Randy? It's none of your freaking business, Will. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that can left over from Christmas? Is that a... Christmas decorated can. Are you talking to me? Yeah, does it have like... No, it's from the other it, day, man. It's from... It's leftovers from practice. <laughs> it looked like there was like a reindeer or a Santa Claus on you're it. You're trying to make me out to be some kind of... You're... Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, today we got... Who do we got? We got legendary guitar player <laughs> from uh-huh. Chat Pile, Luther Manhole... Hey, hello, it's it's me, your friend. A.K.A. Big Griff, my friend. Yeah, how's it going? I'm doing well. Um, Griff, have you ever met Will in person? Not in person. I've met no. I've met your brother in person, but... Yeah. No. My brother took my place when I moved away. So <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, when I, when I moved to California, there was another me to take my place. And, the, but it's like, it's a clone. It's, it, it is me, but mm-hmm. you know, he has his own personality and stuff. And so, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys are, you're the kind of brothers that like you look at the, you look at you guys and the way you talk and stuff. And it's like unmistakable that you're brothers, yep. but yep. like, your personalities are like, I mean, yeah, you're obviously like you're different people. You're not like <laughs> twins. You're like three or four years older than Sam anyway, right? Yeah. So Sam is a good friend. I would love to have, maybe we'll review the movie Brothers with Jake Gyllenhaal and Teddy <laughs> McGuire and have Sam on. That'd be Hell yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. But, uh... So we've got Luther Manhole, Big Griff here today yeah. to talk about a movie that he has brought to us, a movie that he has claimed <laughs> to me is one of his favorite movies, or it used to be. Yeah. The Rules of Attraction. Roger Avery's <laughs> The Rules of Attraction. Roger Avery's Brett Easton Ellis's The Rules of Attraction. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Weird movie. Rewatching it last night. Where'd you, how'd you come to, like, give me your, a brief rundown of your history of, with this movie, Griffin. I just, when I was in, like, middle, okay, so it came out in 2002, and I was, I was born in 90, so <laughs> it was, it, I was, like, 12 when it came out, and I, my cousin, Becca, who you know, uh, showed it to me and her younger brother when we were in, like, middle school, and being a middle schooler, I was like, this is... The most interesting movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never yeah. seen anything like this before. Uh, and it, yeah, it just made like a really big impression on me as a, as a kid because like it had a cool soundtrack with like The Cure and like cool post-punk and new wave stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just the whole vibe of it, like the weird, which does, after watching it last night does get overused, the uh, kind of like the reverse camera stuff uh it's kind of kitschy in a way that i still like it i don't Mm. know um but yeah it was just it was a movie you know like i'm sure how fight club is for certain people that saw it when they were in middle school or any movie like that that is just super stylized but maybe a little janky but still just like changes your life natural born killers was another one of those for me as a kid like that was just like i saw it at like 13 and I was like, yeah, this is absolutely, I didn't know movies were like this, you know? But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Will, what is your history with the rules of attraction? Uh, I, I caught this shortly uh, or around the time that it came out. Uh, so it came out, I was 21, I guess when it came out in 02 and, uh, and I saw it maybe a few years later. 
I, I had a copy of it on DVD because when I finally saw it, hey buddy, uh, uh, I was in film school and someone recommended it to me and said it was connected to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, American Psycho. Psycho. Yeah. So I think I saw it on the basis of that and realized that even though it had like uh, James Vanderbeek and Jessica Biel in it, it was not kind of a teen movie that I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I watched it quite a bit uh, in the early 2000s yeah. uh, in my 20s. So uh, me being roughly the same age as these people are supposed to be, and it's set, you know, maybe, uh, what, 99 when I was a senior in high school. Um, <laughs> it really is like, okay, this is set, you know, it was written in the 80s or whatever, but it, it is set now. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched it a lot. And it was neat watching it again. I haven't watched it in years. Um, but, Randy, I think you have a different opinion on this. I think you have a different well, history with this. I do. I do. Uh, but no, my history with this movie is like back one of the like most beautiful things that was gifted to me and the other very few people in my town that took advantage of this is the theater. They restored this old theater because I, I grew up in like a oil boom town, Ponca City, Oklahoma, where they had this like glorious theater they built like in the 20s or whatever, you know, that was way in shit for like a long time. And they restored it when I was like a teenager, basically. And they started showing like I ended up getting to see we had like a two screen, a four screen and a drive in. And they showed only the mainstream movie. Like, it was so, like, we'd have to go to Tulsa or Stillwater or the big cities to see, like, the Big Lebowski I had to drive out mm-hmm. of town to see, Jesus. for instance, you know. But this theater would show, I got to see Magnolia there. I got to see, like, L.A. Confidential there. I got to see Blood Simple when it came back out. Weird. Again. Interesting. Frailty is a movie I got oh. to see there, the Bill Paxton horror movie. So they would get... Uh, select art house movie. Like I know they played, like we saw Jersey girl there and they played chasing Amy for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, is it was super cool. But, um, I remember them playing the trailer for this before God knows what, like one of those movies I just listed off probably. And this is like, I think the first time I ever, no, it's not the first, it's the first time I came over to your apartment. The first time I came over and hung out with you, just you, and it was me and Eric, we watched Event Horizon. Yeah, that was, yeah, at that old house I lived at, which we should talk about Event Horizon sometime, because that is a movie that might suck, but I think fucking rocks. It does. That movie is real. And you were watching it for the first time that night, Yeah, yeah. And I was, so, it was one of those moments where it's like, He's going to think this sucks and me and Eric are clowns, but you like loved it. And we were like, yeah, it was a vindicating moment. Yeah. Anytime there's hell in space, I'm pretty on board. This is like doom is such like a big, important, like cultural touchstone for me. I was so into doom and stuff. And like, yeah, so I was just fully on board for just ridiculous, like over the top. It's that movie is like bleak as hell, too. It's like it's it's super mean, but it's awesome. uh, Yeah, that movie. Anyway, (laughs) but anyway. The first time I came over to your new apartment now where you don't live anymore, but um, we were talking about Rules of Attraction, and I was like, oh, it had this legendary trailer. (laughs) Now I'm folding back into what I was talking about at that theater that they would show at that theater. I remember watching it at that theater and just being like, no way, this looks so fucking cool. And it's like, it's super stylized. And we pulled a trailer for the movie up. And, and it, was it was like, just like this summer. Yeah, it was like, this summer. And it might as well have been like, She's All That or Cool yeah, Intentions exactly. or something. And I was like, I re- it was a moment. I've had moments like this in my life where I've been like, am I dead? Like, did I die like two years ago? And this is all some Jacob's Ladder alert for that movie. Like, thing that's playing out. And I'm like dying in my car, you know, in that car wreck or whatever. Um, but like... Yeah, because we couldn't find it, right? Yeah, but then we did. We we ultimately <laughs> yeah. did find yeah. it, and I was proven correct that there was <laughs> a hyper stylized, like the kind of trailer that would draw a guy like me personally. When I was fifteen, I was just like horny to see this movie, you know, because I like Vanderbeek, 
like I, I love the idea of him doing Varsity Blues, and then Varsity Blues wasn't good, you know, but, like, then he was in storytelling. Was Does anybody remember that story? Todd no. Salons made this Wait, movie. Wait, was he in that movie? He was supposed to be. They filmed... Oh. A, it's two sections in that movie. Uh-huh. It was supposed to be three, and they filmed one with him, and the story is that there's a gay sex scene where he's, like, on the receiving end, receiving pleasure, and there's, like close-up shot of his face and stuff like that. You know, it's just a sex scene. But it's about, like, a jock who's, like, secretly gay or whatever. Uh-huh. And he, his agent, like, got it fucking, like, pulled. Like, they, like, strong-armed mm. him and stuff. And then, like, there's, like, conflicting reports, like, no, actually, it just didn't work or whatever. And it's, like... There's, it's there's like, a lot in that movie because there's the other yeah. scene where they put the big, like, Nickelodeon orange yeah. square over... Yeah, that's a, I mean that, that is one of my absolute favorite movies. Todd Zalons, yeah, terrific director. Anyway, really digressing hard, but anyway, <laughs> I liked this movie a lot at the time. This is also a very cool trailer, and the movie was good too. Uh, Mary Heron's uh, American Psycho, which is um, in the if you read the novels, they're all connected, like. In the universe and stuff, Lesson Zero, Rules of Attraction, uh, American Psycho, The Informers, and um, I don't know, something else. Oh, Glamorama. Glamorama, which is what that dude... For those who don't know, because yeah, the the main well, I guess the main character in this in this movie, there's there's a I'd say there's like three main characters in this movie, but yeah, uh, James Vanderbeek's character is canonically brothers with uh, Patrick Bateman, the uh, Christian Bale's character from American Psycho, which is weird. I mean, they kind of mention it in the movie too. He, he's like, oh, was is this Patrick when he answers answers the phone? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there's not really much like, I mean, that's really it in terms of like connecting those two movies at least yeah. you know it's like it's kind of just like a, a weird kind of if you know you know type thing i yeah. guess you know but so but i like that kind of too it's weird in a stupid way oh i love it dude there's yeah. like many nods to the novel and that's what i'm about to get to is that like yeah so these like i love them and i like that was kind of the beginning of me reading novels and stuff like independently on my own just like finding Stuff I wanted to read. I mean, I had done that before. Like, I went through, like, I guess John Irving is really technically the beginning of me doing that, where I, like, hunted down Hotel New Hampshire, and I read it, you know, whatever, and stuff like that, World According to Garp and shit. But this was, like, I was just thinking about, like, you know how, like, when you're a young person, you kind of, especially if you're, like, kind of like a an edgy punk person or whatever, you pick your edgelords, you know, like mm-hmm. how Mark Maron's like, who are your guys? It's like, who, yeah. who are your edgelords, you know, like, and Brady Snellis was definitely one of my edgelords, you know, yeah. like I loved his books a lot. Did you read any of his books, Will? No, I didn't, but there was a guy um, who wrote, who rode my bus, who got everyone into American Psycho, like in the eighth grade or something. Too young um, to read that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so by the time the movie came out, there was a whole swath of us who, who knew about it and were, like, excited about the movie coming out. Um, but, so, yeah, I learned about it when I was, like, I don't know, 13, 14. Jeez. Uh, so, but no, never read it. To this day, I've never read it. Have you read any of these books, Griffin? No, I've never read any Ready Mr. Manholes at all. It's, it's mainly, like, I like, you know, I liked... American Psycho, and uh-huh. for a while, you know, I didn't even know it was, like, based on a book for a long time, and then I, you know, I liked, I had already seen Rules of Attraction when I was, like, a kid, and I, I didn't even know the connection, you know, until in my 20s or something, just learning about that Brett Easton Ellis is, like, a weird guy and stuff, and I just never went back and read his books, uh, even though, you know, I know he, he, he does seem to, even just through the f- film adaptations, they, you can, you can feel this, his style, you know, the type of thing he's trying to do, even in the the adaptations, you know, like he has a, it's, they're, they're both kind of mean too, you know, like I I say that again, like it has a meanness and normally I don't like stuff like that, but for some reason, I don't know. I feel like there's an, especially in this movie, there's enough 
like legitimately really funny stuff happening that I, mm-hmm. that works to that if it didn't have that i think like if it didn't just have like the funny moments in it it would be it'd be too up its own ass and it would be it'd be pretty insufferable but for some reason i don't know just the way that he, you know the way that he kind of does non sequiturs and weird kind of surreal stuff there's a few scenes in this movie that kind of just don't really make sense kind of in a good way mm-hmm like the hospital scene is really weird. Like it's a great scene. Actually. I think it's one of the better ones. Yeah. I think stuff like that kind of, I mean, that's it's from what I know of his writing style, he seems to have this kind of disjointed kind of, kind of weird style. Uh, and I feel like you can especially feel it in this, in this adaptation. Yeah. The novel is first person's perspective and each chapter is a different character and it's mainly the three characters you see here, but then also, Like, Victor gets his own chapter. Like, all that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. all that... I don't know. Like, and the movie, in a way, honors that. Here's my main jeer for this movie. Is it opens with a horrifying rape scene. Yeah. Yes. That's never in the movie described as rape, even. And, like... And 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 the thing is... When you watch the movie, I knew watching it this time, but at the end, if you've never seen the movie, it's revealed, like, this is, like, the end of the movie, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole the book is not about, like, that's such, like, a movie thing for it to be, like, she's a virgin, and then she gets raped by these, like, this townie or whatever at the end of yeah. the movie. It's, like, in the book... It's revealed that she, that happened when she was a freshman and she's a senior and like her character is way different in yeah. the book. And I just, the movie for as hard and transgressive as this movie is, it still doesn't have the balls to be, to be what the book is, you know, like, yeah, I would, I would love to see any of his books get like a true adapt, like a full adaptation because they're all extreme. Like there's the part where Sean is like having sex with the girl and he's like, this is an inner monologue. And he's like, she's too dry or whatever. I can barely get hard. And like all this stuff, that's like what the book is like. Like that is the bulk of like what the book is like. Like I think they do a lot of that in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they is do. the movie is so much voiceover of inner monologues from all the characters, pretty much. And they know? take a lot that a lot of that is from the book. I think the, he does a pretty good job of trying to like stay true to the source material, but make it like set it in the nineties or two thousands or whatever. Yeah, but that's my big jeer on the movie, <laughs> though. I just thought that was a little like, I was like, fuck, what the fuck, you know? Like, just the way that it, like, she's like, and now I'm losing my virginity to a townie or whatever. It was like, I love the line though, where she's like, I always knew it would be like this. I don't know. I think it really fits just the tone of the movie, honestly, that it's just like her character is just so, like, they're all so awful that, like, I don't know, this is happening to her, and all she can say is, yeah, I, yeah, this sounds right. Of course. Mm -hmm. She's not even like, yeah, like this it, awful traumatic thing is happening to her and she still just feels like she deserves it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like it's it's pretty dark and mm-hmm. especially for the very beginning of the movie. And then the yeah. next scene is is uh, Paul's introduction where he is trying to like uh, have sex with some guy or like, you know, takes him up to his dorm room and then the guy you know, calls him some slurs and spits in his face and kicks him out of his room and stuff. And it's just like, damn, this is a pretty brutal start to this movie of just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> just some right up top, some sexual violence and some, you know, uh, homophobic violence as mm-hmm. well. But, I mean, it's on purpose, obviously. Like, I think it's trying to, you know, it's trying oh. to be a little shocking and stuff, but it doesn't. It, it has a brain, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I think it does. I thought that the change was a little. It was yeah. It, I didn't like it. I guess from the having read the book, especially, I was just like, and now, I mean, times have changed a lot. It's crazy. It, we, everything has accelerated a lot, and for the better, obviously, with uh, like the. Me Too era and stuff like where we're really exposing and dealing with um, people who 
commit sexual violence and stuff against, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. But like, this is like clearly, it's just like, wow. It, it's it a, feels a little 2002. A, it's quite a time capsule. Yeah. yeah. And like not only in that, but like the fashion is every, everything oh, yeah. about it is just like, oh, yeah. it has like a rapture <laughs> song in it and stuff. <laughs> but, uh. So fare thee be warned, says I, anyway, about yeah. the beginning of this movie. But it is like a, it's cool. Like, it's Roger Avery who made, he's directed Killing Zoe. Has mm-hmm. either of you seen that movie? No. Starring Eric Stoltz, who appears in Cameo here. <clears throat> sort of like a dark uh progression of his character and kicking and screaming if either of you have seen that movie but uh um most famously he yeah he he wrote what pulp fiction with quentin tarantino yeah he has story credit on that he came up with the middle story the best part of the movie with with bruce willis and marcellus wallace but he also wrote a movie that will likes a lot Beowulf. beowulf (laughs) <laughs> Love that movie. So like good. The 3D movie? Hell yeah. I saw that in theaters. I think that was the first 3D movie I yeah. ever saw. I do not remember anything about it. The 3D remember- stuff, it, <laughs> yeah. you can kind of take it or leave it. I think the story and the directing on that movie is spectacular. I should watch it again. Yeah. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big no, Mechus. I- oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are we talking about Zemeckis now? I mean, uh, we want to. No. I'd be down to go down a little bit of a, a Z-Man rabbit hole. I, <laughs> I think some of his newer movies, The Walk in particular, was a terrific film. I didn't see that. When I saw Flight, and I thought that was awful. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what I have even seen by him. He made, oh, he directed, uh, obviously, one of my least favorite movies of all time, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh Pure Life is sort of like a box. There was actually a moment in this movie where there's it, the camera is following a snowflake, and I was yes. like, lands on Forrest Gump's lap. I made that joke, and my girlfriend was like, "You know, I've never seen Forrest. Like, there's so many. She's my age. There's so many movies where I'm like, are you from America? You know? Yeah. Seriously, like Forrest Gump is the one. Yeah. But then I'll like, pull out Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. She's like, oh, I love this scene. She, like, knows, like, the line. Like, you know this movie and not Forrest Gump? But anyway. I, I love Contact. That's a movie I go to bat for. Did I like direct that movie. Contact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Contact. He produced it. Uh, Death Becomes Her? Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Back to the Future? Obviously Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Both awesome. But he's also a Tales from the Crypt producer, right? Like, that's uh-huh. kind of his baby. Yeah, he did the episode where it's the Santa Claus, uh, the Christmas episode where the psycho Santa mm-hmm. outside um, and the lady has murdered her husband. Uh, he, it's very good. Yeah, oh, that's like, a, is that the first episode? No, it's like the second episode, but okay. they did it in the in the old movie from the seventies as well. So there's a version yeah. of that movie, and, and there's the. It's fucking great. It's yeah, I watched like, it uh, in December of this last year. It was like very cool. Um, um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, so they consider Death Becomes Her like uh, like a. It's almost like a. It should be a Tales from the Crypt movie, you know? It's like, I wish they would just, like, go back and add Tales from the Crypt, like, beginning and end to it. That and The Frighteners was meant to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. Oh, really? Like, wasn't. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, me too. Um, But let's let's talk about Roger Avery a little bit longer. Um, You know, he... He killed someone. (laughs) What? Did he? Does he have the... uh, the same thing as uh, oh, what's his name? Roderick Bueller. Broderick. Yeah. Is he? He also wait. What? Have some Matthew Matthew Broderick, Broderick killed someone. What? You you don't know about that? Yeah, no. he famously like killed someone in a car in he like got the eighties and drove on the wrong side of the road in England. In and England, killed somebody. Holy shit! Yeah, and pretty much. That's what had no consequences or that's something. What, yeah. I think we're yeah. talking eighty-eight or some shit. Holy yeah. shit! Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So he yeah. killed a guy. <laughs> Yeah, this is what Roger Avery did. Uh, he kind of like killed someone and like 
hightailed it and they were like, hey, you killed someone. And then he got all pissy about it. Like, they basically were like, hey, you can, like, be free and go to work. Just, you know, be lucky that you got off. And then he, he was really pissy about it on Twitter. And they're like, okay, you're going to jail. <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh. Yeah, this is 2008. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what happened oh then? Uh, apparently he was sentenced to a one year in work furlough so he was allowed to work and probation i guess yeah you know you you're a director you get to kill someone and yep n- not that's your boy man <laughs> really any yeah my favorite director he's your boy dude you're the one that- <laughs> <laughs> i guess he also did the silent hill movie which uh did he really yeah Oh, he 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 wrote it. He oh, okay. did not. It was Chris uh, Christoph Gans directed it. That movie's got some dodgy CG, but it actually is good. I've got the blue the Screen Factory Blu-ray, and I recommend it. I if like that's the total like only if you're a horror dog like check it out. Yeah, but I do I do like it a lot. The Silent Hill, uh, both of them actually are good. Yeah, but yeah, with this movie, I don't know. I just, I feel like I still really like it. It's it's still pretty unique. Uh, I think for me, my biggest hang up now after rewatching it again is just I do think some like I said earlier, some of the camera effects are a bit over the top. I think it works in some places. I think to the beginning of the movie up until like the scene in the middle where they kind of Lauren's character and Sean's character, they're having like that mirrored uh, and it meets up in the hallway. I think that's all really well done. I think when they're doing like, that's amazing. The the hard zooms when they're doing like zooms, especially the scene after the girl uh, kills herself Uh and like, it's like showing you all the spots she was already in the movie. Like, you know, like that was just like, I don't know. Do they really need to do that? I mean, it was, it was really, the zooms were like specifically a bit, a bit distracting and and corny, but I don't know. It, it was it was it's the the whole movie is full of stuff like that. I mean the the credits were run, uh, run in reverse oh, yeah. too. So yeah, I it's forgot just about like, that. It's just the whole movie is loving to do stuff with you know reverse shots and split screen and stuff like that which mm-hmm. yeah. again when i was in middle school i was like what the fuck like i've oh, never yeah. seen movies do stuff like this you know but it does a lot of i mean and that is a cheers for me all the inventive things he packs <laughs> into this movie so like, we're moving on from your jeers and we're into my cheers stepping into yeah. the cheers okay cuz like i, I like <laughs> the <laughs> Do you guys know the whole history of the scene where the guy comes back into and it like it goes through his whole trip for like goddamn ten? Oh yeah, I don't know the story that's behind like, it, but I mean that's like the best part of the movie, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. for me it is. I mean that's just such a good scene. It's insane. It's like really, he's awful in it. Like uh, but he's it, terrible. You just learn everything about him so quick, and it's so effective, and just yeah. being like, wow, this guy who they've kind of been idealizing the entire movie, which is kind of a theme of this movie is Uh people idealizing each other, even though they're awful. Uh, But yeah, you just learn right away that he's a piece of shit, but go, go on with the story of this scene. Well, they, okay. That character, like we said earlier, and we're more to the point of Avery um, respecting the source material that character is the main character of a later novel by Ellis called Glamorama, in which okay. like a really vapid idiot, it's that guy, he basically gets involved in like a Patty Hearst type situation where he's like involved in like a terrorist organization. This is a novel I've never read. I've never read this. Wow. One. But so what is in that short part of the movie is they went to Europe and filmed him with digital cameras, like, um, in character. And it's like, apparently they have a full length prequel done called Glitterati for in anticipation of making Glamorama with money. Interesting. And that is all that is Glitterati condensed in that moment. But it's like never released. Like, I don't know. It's strange. interesting. That's yeah. that's an interesting story, though. But it is, I think, yeah, one of the better parts of the movie. I mean, that's probably a scene most people, you know, 
probably the the standout scene of the movie right. maybe is that what most people will remember is just oh that crazy scene where they yeah. do it's so fast and it just has that entire european trip and uh it's really well done though it's great yeah. it just sucks so much and in, in the best way i don't know like that <laughs> it I love really it. Yeah. paints a picture there was that, a point there was a point in time where this movie wasn't as well known and some someone on the internet recapped their own year doing that same thing and it got really passed around and someone showed it to me and I'm like, oh yeah, it's like the rules of attraction. They're like, what? And I had to show it to them <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh. And I'm like, no, 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 this, this person still it's did cool. a bunch of work <laughs> like to make it their own. Don't, they just, it, I mean, it's cool, but you know, it has been done. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, like that's the thing that people talk about now, I think, if they talk about anything about this movie, which it is kind of weird, though. It's like stuck in the middle of the movie and it yeah. just kind of is like. Um, I think it's it a doesn't, choice to do it like that. Yeah. And they don't keep doing it. You know, it's one time mm-hmm. one character and it's just their entire backstory. Um, and it's just so dense, which yeah. is just it is very impressive. Like, I didn't know that's how they did it, Randy, that they were just like doing it for another movie or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Cause I mean, you can tell it's like, it doesn't seem like that was all, you know, it makes sense how you're saying it now, but I didn't, you know, it doesn't seem like it was done on a soundstage or something like it. It yeah. seemed like, yeah, they were handy cam filming him yeah. in Europe mm-hmm. and it, it, yeah, it looked, it's like very real, even though the movie is, has this weird surrealness to it throughout the whole thing, I think. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird movie. <laughs> it is a weird movie. And yeah, I, I mean, and I think I couldn't remember. I don't own the novel anymore. It's a book. I used to own all of his novels. And now the only one I have on my shelf is Lesson Zero. I found last night when I was like, which ones do I have? That's the only one I have left. But um, I believe that the novel ends mid-sentence. Like, yeah. And the ending of like the movie. The yeah. It was like the one thing is that and it cuts. It's like, that show was cool, and this kind of stuff is important when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. to see this kind of stuff. These are sort of, this is sort of a training wheels kind of movie, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that way, but if it is that way, you know, when you see a movie like this when you're young, and yeah, I was like 16, and it was like, whoa, and then it's sort of like, and then you look into it and read the reviews and it's like, this is an homage to blah, blah, blah or whatever. And you follow these yeah. little threads and watch. Yeah. When I, sorry, go ahead. When I, when I was 13, 14, even though, you know, I had my older cousin who was into cool stuff, show me stuff. I didn't, you know, no one was cool enough that I knew that was like, Hey, you're 13, watch Gummo or welcome to the Do- dollhouse. You know, like I didn't know anyone who was telling me to watch shit like that, you know, like, like actual cool <laughs> stuff. That was, this is like, you know, rules of attraction or like I said, natural born killers. Those are the two for me that was just like, you know, uh, subversive movies that were going to get played at the Regal still, you know, or, you know, I could go see at the Regal Crossroads here and, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? That that gets your feet wet to maybe watch something that's like super weird or like really subversive or something like that, you know. But I agree. I think this is the exact type of movie that even though it's rated R, it's like designed for a 15 year old to just like absolutely devour it, you know, and think it's like the coolest thing and make all their friends watch it too. It's the hard stuff when you're that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. One thing I, I wanted to kind of mention is, uh, for me seeing this, this was a, uh, early return of Fred Savage. Oh yeah. Uh, great I, scene too. I did not even recognize the first time I saw it and I was just like, but I found out that was Fred Savage. I'm like, holy shit. Fucking, uh, Kevin Arnold is in this movie. Uh, Playing clarinet and fucking yeah. the, I can feel my dick. <laughs> this is, I don't know. That's a great scene. It is no, great. Like, is it cabinet of Dr. Caligari play? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Caligari yeah. play on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> It's so dark in his dorm yeah. room too. He's just like, God, that guy. I just, I feel like I've met people like that. Oh, yeah, it just oh, yeah. fucking sucks so bad. I, mean, honestly, like, I feel like I've been that guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, playing clarinet and with the cigarette in your belly button jerk. Yeah, 
<laughs> the part. I'm, Sorry, go ahead. Look. I was just saying, I, I feel like I've known all these people at, uh-huh. you know, when I was like their age in the movie. It was just like and maybe every, been a little bit like some of these people. Yeah, I was definitely. Yeah. Some of these people, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, just thinking about how big of an asshole you are in your early twenties, because yeah. like you, you think you know everything. You think you're an adult for the first time. You know like, nothing, though. And like, no. yeah, they're so stupid. Everybody in this movie is so fucking. Oh dumb. yeah, like, they're all extremely stupid people. They're all, you know, obviously very affluent too. This mm-hmm. is like, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff in this movie where if it was done a different way, it, I really do think it would be insufferable to watch because you're just yeah. watching a whole bunch of like stupid rich people, like, you know, entitled 22 yeah. year olds, you know, <sighs> but I, I don't know. It still works for me just because I yeah. think that's also kind of part of it. I think it's, it's, it's kind of making a point about the vapidness of people like that. You know, rather than saying, aren't they so cool? I think you're supposed to watch it and go like, man, they all are just so awful. Yeah. You know? I mean, they you even up. have. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Red. Oh, I was just saying they fucked up with the um, the casting of the townies, though, uh, with Clifton Collins. He did a bad job. Like, yeah. He was not believably that guy. He was like an actor being like, I'm fucking crazy. I'm yeah. a drug dealer, you know, and then the. Dude, Jamaican accent is like, get some realistic guys in here and yeah, make it <laughs> a little cartoony. Like real, yeah, like draw the like true distinction between inside campus and outside of camp. Like, you know, because the the book has sort of this like creeping fear in it, like this weird, like this hardness, you know, like to it. And that would have been a good opportunity to do that. Instead, it's like it's a joke. Yeah, it's a cartoon kind of, but. I don't know. I didn't like that aspect of it. Well, there are some funny lines in that, though. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, what do what do you all think about James Vanderbeek in this movie? And what was your like? Did you ever have uh, an opinion of him? You know, (laughs) will it surprise you to know that I love James Vanderbeek. Oh, really? And I think he's great in this movie. But I also liked Dawson's Creek when yeah. I was younger. And I don't know. He's also weirdly in a show that no one watched called Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. He plays himself in that mm. show with Kristen Ritter's on that as well. And I watched all of that for some reason. And he's great in it. I don't know. I, I think he does a good job in this personally. I do too. I, He's like unhinged, like for real. And like truly, I mean, if you know that he's the brother of Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, like mm. I feel like James Vanderbeek knew that with uh-huh. it. You know what I mean? Oh, he like he was, he was like he was really channeling the kind of sociopathness of that. And, you know, there's some yeah. looks he gives where he's just truly Joker fine. Yeah, there's there there a moment where he was doing the fucking yeah. the Kubrick Glower, and I was like, that made me cringe a little bit. Yeah. But that's the director's fault. The director told him to do that, I think. Uh-huh. You know? mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, because like, the movie. When, when this came out, I had only known about Dawson's Creek and Varsity Blues, which I did mm-hmm. not care about either. And so that was like, Keep man, crazy, I can, Will. <laughs> Vanderbeek movie. Hey, I was. You, you knew me when I was that age, man. You knew I how did. much of an asshole I was. Um, so I was just. I could not be bothered with it. So it took me a little bit longer to get to this. But I think I was in my second year of film school, and someone was like, "Yeah, man, it's like fucking rad." I'm like, "All right." Hmm. And then you know, went to Target, bought the DVD because I had to have it, and. Was like, oh my god, have you seen this movie? It's so fucking cool. <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I I had fun watching it again. I was like, oh yeah. Uh, I had a little bit of fun, but I also had moments where I was like, God fucking damn it! Like I was just like, <laughs> I'm too old and tired yeah. to watch this. Well, movie. I, I mean, because I I was putting this into comparison of like another movie that I watched around the same time a lot for some reason. Uh, that movie Slackers, uh, okay. which uh, Slacker, <laughs> yes. the Slackers with the who's in that is Devin Sawa in that Sawa, movie? Sawa, Older Pete, Jason Siegel, and Jason Schwartzman. 
Yeah, and oh man, oh, that yeah. is a that movie where there's some weird surreal stuff that happens in that movie too. Isn't there a whole like penis puppetry scene yeah. in that movie? Yeah, and yeah, it's just I like remember. <laughs> Yeah, okay. It just goes really into that gross out stuff that Randy and I have talked about before. And yeah. it it really it's like I can I would I like I could watch Rules of Attraction because it's not it's a movie of the time that it was made, but it's not like cringeworthy because it was not oh, yeah. taking itself as seriously as other movies around the time. Whereas, like, I don't know, uh, the Slackers is, was like of its time, and it's like okay, let's pump this out as fast as possible, and it's just like uh, it just does not have a shelf life at all. Um, yeah. So uh, I, st- I still think this zone might still be a little better than I've talked with other people. I don't know if I talked with you. Uh, Randy about this before but just I think we have actually uh, how in like 2005 every movie was the same movie it, it was all Guy Ritchie-fied which was like a weird thing about <laughs> kind of this time period it's like yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Lucky Number 11 <laughs> and like all those type of uh, you know what Smoke and Aces all those type of movies they all came out within like yeah. a year of each other and they're all like sepia toned my favorite of those Shoot is one that I think that we I almost picked and you might get mad at me that I didn't pick Running Scared with Paul Walker, which Oh I dude, I would have loved you. We oh we'll, we'll talk about it sometime. We yeah. have to we have to talk about that because <laughs> I think you're the only other person I've met that likes that movie. Running Scared <laughs> is a fucking awesome lost thriller that But it's like one of those. Yeah, and talking about good. <laughs> in the last episode we did with Kirsten, uh, I know well, who knows when this comes out, but like we were talking about movies that like Go the distance, you know, mo- mm-hmm. like movies that look like they're like everything else. But if you watch them, shit actually happens in them and they fully go the distance. Running Scared mm-hmm. is such a movie for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it has that same thing where it's like super sepia tone and there's like so many over the top camera shots where they're, yes. they're just like really try like, you know, and, and Rules of Attraction kind of does it, too. But just like they're really trying to do. You know, they're just trying to hook you visually in some way. But that that was a, just a thing in the early 2000s, I guess. Just like maybe it's the transition just to more into digital f- filming yeah, and probably. stuff that they're just like, I, I don't know. But that was still film era. And there was like that whole bleach bypass uh, era, it, like uh, Saving Private Ryan did it. And then mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff was like blue colored or like green colored. Mm-hmm. Um it was like Matrix that. Matrix being a green color. Yeah, maybe. yeah. They did that yeah. really yeah. hard. Yeah. And it was just, it was a weird look. And then I, I was in film school <laughs> at the time. And it was like, oh, I got the film. I got the, the coloring package that lets you do bleach bypass look on your digital video, your mini DV. It was just like, it was hot. It was hot shit. Everything Hell had yeah, to look like brother. That. So we were just going through stuff, you know, guys, nine 11, need I say more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. United Rip. 93, Paul Greengrass. Yeah. You know what? We're getting kind of long in the tooth here. What do you say? We take a break and head on to the big roundup. rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Welcome back to Cathode Ray Mission. It's me, Big R. Uh, we're going to do the big roundup now. Zero to five stars. Rating. Give us your rating and the reason why. Luther Manhole, go. 
it's hard it's hard for me to say because like i think even until like if you would have asked me like last year i i still i think on my letterboxd i still have this at like a five because it was like a movie that was like super important to me and i rewatched it a few years ago and still really liked it but i think i'd probably move it down now i think it's probably like you know, I'll probably still have the highest <laughs> rating here. It'll probably be like a four for me out of five, just because I still really I still really love the music in it. I love a lot of the shots they're doing. I do think it's legitimately funny, and I do think most movies aren't funny that are trying to be funny. I think there's like actually some funny jokes in it that are it's a pretty clever script. Uh I don't know. It just it's hard for me to hate on it too much just because it was it was something that I, was just pretty informative for me so it's it's always just gonna have you know I'm definitely a subjective reviewer and you know I'm, I'm one of those people that like rates and reviews everything I do that like on letterboxd and rate your music so but I I always just like I don't know I'm all about how much I like something at that moment and or you know just mm-hmm. how something means to me rather than is this objectively good? Is this the bet, you know, the objective, you know, or an objectively amazing movie, which probably not, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just, there's just a lot of, I feel like this movie still, even now watching it in 2021, it's still doing some unique stuff, I think. Uh, and yeah, I just, I wanted to talk about it, uh, I saw that it was on, <laughs> that it was on Hulu and I was like, that'd be, I don't know. I don't know how many places are talking about this movie ever. It's kind of a weird one to bring up. So mm-hmm. I felt it could be interesting enough to talk about a movie that maybe some pe- people had forgotten about that is interest. I think worth a watch, uh, you know, if you haven't seen it, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, but your mileage may vary depending on how much you can tolerate rich narcissists in a movie being awful to each other with real no real resolution or anything <laughs> like it pretty much they just are bad remain bad there's no no one has an arc really honestly like uh uh which i actually kind of like so i don't know yes four, still a four out of five movie for me hell yeah will uh, uh, this one, you know, I think at one time I, I would have given it a five star or pretty close. Um, you know, almost now 20 years out, it, it has definitely aged for me a little bit. Um, but I can definitely see a version of this movie that did not take as many chances as this one did. So it still does have some merit. I really did enjoy watching it again because uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time. So it did at least hold my attention you know, on a rewatch 20 years later. Uh, so for that, I'm going to give this one a big three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. That's a damn respect. I know that Griffin, you're doing the math and that's a C. Oh no. That for me, for, for me, a three and a half is great. On the scale, three would be good. (laughs) And a three and a half is great. Four is excellent. You I always know, give uh, Will a hard time about that because he gives <laughs> movies that he thinks are okay, like three stars, and I'm like, "Now nah, that's a D that you've given that movie." You know, and I agree with Will. That's o- three is yeah. an okay movie. That is a little better than average. Yeah. I would consider it good. Uh, well, two I'm, and a half is like my baseline for most movies are probably a two and a half okay. to me. Yeah, most most movies are probably two and a half to three for me. It's just like, well, I'm glad that you guys both agree that three. <laughs> Stars equals okay. Yeah. Because I am going to award Roger Avery's, <laughs> Brady Snellis's, The Rules of Attraction, three out of five stars, which actually on my scale is low. I want to give it, I'd say more of a C minus maybe. I mean, I, this is a movie when I was a kid. I, I mentioned before, like, I did love it. I mean, I, I don't know if I owned it, but my girlfriend in high school owned it. We watched it. I mean, I've read the book and stuff, and watching it the other last night, I was like, there's still things about it that I like, and I remember watching it. It's so crazy to watch it now. When you're, like, even my age, at the time I was, like, 17 when it came out, I think. Um, But they look so young, you know, to me now. They felt Uh old to me at the time, and watching her... 
waddle around in this crazy clog, Doc <laughs> Martin clogs or whatever the hell. God, I just, I know we all know people who dress exactly like her, too. Uh, those like, shoes were Jesus. blown my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, I mean, <laughs> definitely, for sure. Yeah. But those shoes were blowing my mind, and then the cut of his jeans were also just like, <laughs> fucking like, banging on my head, you know, with a fucking, a hammer Did you still, uh, you mentioned this to me the other day. Did you still laugh out loud at the the counting crows part? I did. I had remembered it. I had remembered it being funnier than it was, but it's yeah. still funny that he mentions counting crows and it's Anna begins to make me laugh. <laughs> and like, she's crying. She's crying. To him playing. That is. Counting crows. It is funny, but I was I was so shaken by what had happened up top with the rape and stuff. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I wasn't having any fun like early on in the movie, and then the whole. I mean, I mean, this is inside baseball, but I'll just bring this up because this is something that informed my rating on this movie is that growing up, you know, I'm 17. Okay, so think about that. Like a lot of me and my fellow edgelord friends or punk friends or whatever, you know, people who are like, you know, we're like cool and stuff and like (laughs) punk or whatever, you know, and like I had a friend that was like, say this to like I I can't remember how I found out like or I was like eavesdropping or something but he was like telling a girl he was like reciting the I am an emotional vampire like to this girl oh. as if like I am like a dark mysterious oh, sex man you know and like <laughs> it just made me you were talking about the ending of promising young woman making you cringe out of your body it's like yeah. that emotional vampire thing made me cringe out of my body a little <laughs> at the beginning up top here which as an aside I feel a little bit of vindication because I guess a Kirsten told me about some uh, interview that just came out with with uh, the director of uh, what Emerald, I can't remember her last name. Who did who did Promising Young or Young Woman? And yeah, the studio made her change the the movie. The the movie was gonna I'm not not to uh, I'm not gonna spoil this movie, but there's a certain thing that happens in that movie that I thought was the should have been the ending and wasn't, and that was gonna be her actual choice. So I feel vindicated in thinking that the ending of that movie is bad. Mm, interesting, uh, interesting movie though. Promising Young Woman. Now in theaters? Question yeah. mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was alright. Brave the wastelands to see a, you know, a, a, a weird, dark comedy. Will, did you see that movie? No. We watched it on VOD like last week, I mm. think, two weeks ago. I liked it. Just it's worth a watch for sure. A fun little thriller. It didn't mean any. Like, I don't know. It was fine. We watched Wild Things immediately after, and I was like, perfect. I felt like it was a perfect <laughs> double. I, I've i got that on my list because I've never seen it. That, that was one. It came out in high school, and ever, like all the all the Christian kids were like talking uh, about how scandalous it was you were, because they all went uh, and saw those uh, movies, and I didn't. And I'm like, um, so, I, yeah, like that and Cruel Intentions I've never seen. Mm-hmm. So. Like, they're so horny, dude. Yeah. Like, especially Wild Things is one of the horniest movies ever. You see Kevin Bacon's dick in it. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Denise Richards. And, like, there's actually... Isn't that right? There's a moment where Matt Dillon, he walks out. He's wearing these, like, loose, billowy chinos, flip-flops, <laughs> and a white undershirt. And I was like, man, that is the fit of a lifetime. Like, that's how <laughs> I need to be living my life, you know? I keep thinking about that, actually, the way he's dressed in that, that scene. <laughs> I do recommend. So let's get into our recommendations. I'm going to start it off. I recommend Wild Things. <laughs> if you like Rules of Attraction, you're going to love Wild Things. I, I I recommend uh, Running Scared, mentioned earlier of another early, mid-2000s, super stylized, doing weird camera stuff, subversive movie that is maybe even more, I don't know. I don't know if it's more bleak than this movie. It's pretty fucking bleak, though. Yeah. Uh, It is. Yeah. That would be mine. I'm going to recommend Slackers because it's a piece of shit, and we'll put this movie into context. (laughs) Hell yes. <laughs> Get to see Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> yeah. Jason Rest. Yeah. The main star, in my opinion, is older Pete. He's not like in anything besides that. Like some commercials for like. Oh, that is him. I, I did a show with both of them. Uh, 
And then I was I hung out with Danny Tamborelli at a party afterward. <laughs> nice. Did you? I'll sp- tell you more about that off mic. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Well, it's been a lot of great fun having old Luther Man, <laughs> legendary guitar player from Chat Pile, and to talk about a movie that is. By all accounts, fine, <laughs> I uh-huh. guess. Indeed. We rated it on a sliding scale from three <laughs> to four stars between the three yeah. of us. The average uh, rating is three and a half stars between the three of us in this <laughs> movie. So. It, it was harder than I thought to th- like think of, because uh, I kept thinking of like great movies I'd want to talk about, but they just aren't on streaming. Yeah, yeah. So it was... It was definitely uh, an interesting challenge to find. I mean, I, I texted you throughout the week with some mm-hmm. some different ideas. Almost picked Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Uh, but I just couldn't find, I don't know, the YouTube version. I couldn't find a good version that had Japanese dialogue and right. English subtitles. Like the version on Prime is just the dub. And mm-hmm. so ultimately went with a movie of my childhood. Well... I've done that on here. Will's done that on here. Yeah. We got a long-ass <laughs> episode out of it. Griff, what do you got to plug for us? Okay, well, chat pile, baby. Uh, <laughs> Chatpile.bandcamp.com. Uh, Randy and I's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, people like us, so please buy our stuff. Uh, and other than that, I'm just uh, at Luther Manhole on Instagram and... Uh, at Waluigi, spelled like a Ouija board, uh, W-A-L-O-U-I-J-A on Twitter. And that's it. Got nothing else going on. Super unemployed, super just being in a band full time right now. So that's it. Hell yeah, bro. I, Randy, a.k.a. Reagan Bush, also <laughs> would like to say Chet Pile is a band you can check out. I hope everyone's wearing their mask. I hope... I have $2,000 in my bank account at this point. You know, we talked about this on the last episode. No idea when this is coming out, but that's something I would like to shout out. Shout out to, you know. Stimulus. That fucking money coming my way, motherfucker. Yeah. How about about an uncompromised $2,000 a month? Yeah. uh, Until we get to go back to normal. And maybe not not even end it after that. Maybe just keep it going. Yeah, maybe just do that. Yeah. Maybe. Raise the minimum wage to $25. Oh, my yep. God. We'd be living like... God, everybody would just be like... God. What can if you, you imagine just, how how just amazing everything would be? It would take like it would be months. A, and we'd be yeah. like... <laughs> so, like, everyone we'll would be so never happy. Let, you know, because a few little fucking babies got to have their fucking candy hoard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck these people. But we'll... Something, you know, shit will happen or it won't, you know, we'll live and we'll die, you know, be sure to fucking touch your pleasure centers as much as possible and have live a good life. Will, what do you got to plug? Uh, documentaries. Uh, every two weeks, Septoc is a documentary review podcast. Check it out. We have a lot of cool guests that have been on in the last uh, year. Uh, a lot of filmmakers that came on. Uh, very cool stuff. And then... Uh, Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, uh, which is a comedy debate show, comes out every week. Check that out. A lot of cool folks on that one, too, wherever you find podcasts. Rate and review wherever you find podcasts. And rate and review this one. That's what I mean. Rate review. Oh, you're saying that. My bad. Yeah. Tell your friends. Please tell your friends. Luther, manhole, you piece (laughs) of shit. Tell your friends. Be the E Street team, gonna hit all my discords, all my servers, and Usenets, and uh, access my spyware uh, network to get Catherine all over everyone's computers. So. Well, hell yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, and we are, no, for real, dude, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. A little peek behind the curtain, we're gonna record another episode and have him on again. Hell yeah. So maybe this episode comes out second, and that sounds like an insane man's rant. Will, (laughs) it's been a great time. I love doing this podcast with you, my friend. Someday, someday, 
I'll come out to sunny California and we'll sit in a room and record an episode together. Wouldn't that be a wonderful experience? Yeah, we'll, we'll take it out to the backyard. Why, why do we got to sit in a room, man? Well, we'll do, yep. we'll do something someday yeah. <laughs> in the distant future. Anyway, until then, <laughs> I'm Big R. This has been Big Will, Willinium, and Griffin. Goodbye. Thank you.